Today's episode is all about water birth. Johanna Honkanen has been working as a midwife for 17 years, both in the hospital and now runs her own private practice. She's one of the leading midwives in Finland about childbirth in the water and has been involved in writing the water birth guidelines and recommendations that are actually being used in hospitals all around Finland. She has also been training midwives and doctors in hospitals in Finland to be able to support water birth better. In this episode, you will find out what those guidelines are, why the training is so important, the impact that they've had, as well as the benefits of the water birth for the mother and the baby. If you've never considered the option of giving birth in the water, this episode will definitely give you some food for thought. Thank you for being here today, and let's get started with Johanna. Welcome to the Birthing in Finland podcast, brought to you by the Nest Doulas. I'm Danielle Bensky, a mother and postpartum doula specializing in maternal well-being and psychology. Each episode, you'll hear eye-opening interviews with some amazing people who support families in Finland just like yours. We'll help you navigate what it means to birth in Finland, growing your confidence on your parenting journey. Thank you for spending time with me today. Now let's jump into our daily dose of birthing in Finland. Hello and welcome to the Birthing in Finland podcast. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing Johanna Honkanen, who is a midwife. And she, well, one of her passions and specializations is water birth. So that's going to be the focus of our episode today. Before we jump in, let's have a chance to get to know Johanna. So hello. And if you want to tell us more about yourself before we talk about our our topic. Hello. Uh, I'm Johanna and happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Um, happy to talk about the water birth because that's one of my passions in my work. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a little about your journey. Like how did you get into midwifery and where has your path winded to and how did you get involved in water birth? So I've been a midwife for 17 years. So uh, I started my career uh, in labor ward uh, in Jorvi Hospital. I have worked uh, in most of the hospitals in Greater Helsinki area, uh, longest in Jorvi Hospital, but also Kati Lopisto, Women's Hospital and Lohjas Hospital. So, uh, and um, now I work as a private midwife uh, full time. But I'm also teaching water birth and fetal positioning to birth professionals in Finland as well. Mm-hmm. As as also, uh, I, I teach abroad also. So I'm going to teach in Germany this fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, about 10 years ago, water birth was not so popular in Finland. Uh, but it was uh, allowed in few hospitals even 17, 20 years ago. Uh Porvo, Tammisaari, Olaskangas, that are all closed nowadays, uh, were uh, known to have some water birds. And it was also allowed at Katilopisto and Jorvi at the time when I graduated as midwife. So uh, I got my first touch with water birth in Jorvi Hospital. Uh, but uh, really, really, really rarely women birthed into the pool. 
so they used it as a pain relief more more, more likely uh, mm-hmm. but that's that's where i uh where i uh, first ran into using water uh, in birds um but i got interested in general first uh, in general about natural pain relief met- methods and the ways ways to support the labor without medicines uh but after going to some international conferences and water birth classes, I realized that the reason that so many women get out of the pool before the actual birthing happens was the water temperature. So I started mm-hmm. to get interested in water birth and started to go to more international trainings and classes and started to study water birth. Yeah. And I felt like and I felt like we needed a change in many perspectives. Uh that we had on water birth in Finland. So hmm. I love that. You see a place to change and you go out and you change it. <laughs> That's amazing to be in that sphere of influence. Um, yeah. Thank you for your work, I suppose, <laughs> from all of us who, who enjoy birthing in the water. So you sounds like you've had a really big influence on the way that water birth is done in Finland. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the changes that have been made and what was the situation before? You spoke a bit about the temperature, if you want to say more or anything mm-hmm. else. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I uh, where I started to influence the water birth was the guidelines on water birth after going to uh, international trainings. So the basic guidelines for Finnish water birth birth have been written by me in a collo- uh, like collaboration with the obstetricians, of course. Yeah. Uh, we sat down and we uh, went through the old guidelines and tried to make the changes so... Uh, they would be more realistic and more uh, more better in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, realizing that the water temperature was something that needed to be changed, changed from the old guidelines was the key to more people uh, giving birth in water. So uh, the eff- effects of the water are really, really important. So it's important to always measure the temperature and have it as comfortable as possible i would say not as low that's putting it wrong way but you're not supposed to be in cold water yes. it's supposed to be comfortable but it's not supposed to be hot either and that can was you the tell problem. us a little bit about the actual numbers like what what is the temperature you're looking for that you feel is comfortable yeah in the opening stage and the, and the early stage the water can be as high as 37 36 degrees but when the birth uh, progresses and goes forward and and uh, 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 the birthing birthing uh, person is doing a lot of muscle 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 work and sweating uh, the water should be around 35 degrees i would say Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we're individuals, so you can't say it exactly. For some somebody, uh, so, someone who has been, for example, doing a lot of sports uh, previously, might be comfortable with thirty degree water. So uh, it's it's all individual in that way. Mm-hmm. But thirty uh, five degree water is uh, actually uh, quite warm. It feels quite warm uh, uh, if you are like uh deep in the water uh and and the room is uh like warm enough as itself 
Yeah. So when you're doing muscle work and moving to, uh, when you're having uh, contractions, uh, uh, you can compare it to like when you go to swimming, it's 20, yes. 28 degrees is the normal temperature. And when you go to a therapy pool, it's 30 to 33 degrees yeah. uh, warm. So uh, so 35 is actually kind of high even. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but there has been uh, plenty studies that the uh, water temperature that is lower than your body temperature makes the baby feel more 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 alert. The baby uh, 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 moves more and feels better, uh, and that's why the temperature should be lower to under body temperature when the muscle muscles start to work more. Yeah. So that's interesting and. Also, after like um, the cervix is like over five centimeters, usually the women uh, do uh, feel that they need more colder water, so they don't need Mm. that hot water and so on, because they will start feeling anxious and maybe nauseous if the water is too high. So uh, water over 37 degrees, there is not actually... Uh, any benefits from it mm. when you have studied it uh, uh, instead of uh, plenty things that might affect the birth like in a wrong way so that's important yeah I think it was important how you said that it should be comfortable and not as cold as possible because in the end also one of the purposes of being in, in the water is that it's a little bit warm and because the warm water helps to relax our muscles um, and helps to feel more calm perhaps in in that in that moment which is something we want of course in 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 labor I think that's one of the reasons that many women like the the pool and the water because it's so relaxing and so as you said like keeping it still feeling warm but not too hot (laughs) is is probably going to be important I suppose I think so too. Yeah. 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 And I I think that um that helps uh, regulate your he- heat when it's comfortable enough that uh, makes you relax, makes your blood pressure pressure go lower, makes your muscles not to tense up so much and and actually the hormones work better uh and uh also the placenta gets more uh like circulation mm. and, and, and so on. So that's important also. Yeah. I also liked how you spoke about the effect on the baby. Is there any other effect on the on the baby perhaps from water birth? One thing I thought about is, you know, how we always talk about having gravity helping us to put the baby down and be in upright position so that there's gravity supporting. What happens when you enter a pool <laughs> where or where gravity kind of doesn't really come to your help and the baby maybe you know what I mean is there any difference in that sense for the baby to descend when you're in water well there is uh not the same kind of gravity there but the gravity still exists of course uh but uh I feel that uh, uh like the babies uh they're um I've studied uh, uh, their heart rates and they uh, tend to stay better 
and they you can feel their rotations and movement uh, like the mother can even say that now the baby is turning to the left or mm. now the baby is kicking there they uh because of the water they can feel the baby's movement mm. so much better mm. so the uh, water actually activates the movement movements of the baby and also when the baby is born in water they actually do uh, like um there's these primal um, um, reflexes that the baby go through babies go through birth and and the water that actually holds the baby makes the baby go one more round like they do rotation when they are born they do rotation when they go through pelvis but when they go, go through water they actually turn around and face their mothers and look the mothers into the eyes actually so that's kind of interesting that mm. actually is missing when you are not in water so mm. Mm. But uh, the, there is less infections to the babies uh, by studies than 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 on water, no, on land. I'm sorry, and um, there are plenty benefits of water. It does um, um, uh, flush away bacteria, flush away green water. Um, so um, the babies are less likely to go to NICU care after birth than mm. on water birth. On, than on and, the land and, birth. And, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting studies, findings. Yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to add about the changes that have been made? And I mean, soon we'll talk about the training you give, but before that... Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, well, well, when the water used uh, used to be, the old guidelines used to say that the water has to be thirty seven degrees, so it's, it should be like a hot tub water, uh, and that's when I noticed uh, uh, earlier that 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 the w- women were getting like sweaty and and red, and their uh, their blood pressure was rising. They were like drying up and their pulse was getting mm. higher and then they were getting hyperventilative and 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 so on so the key with the uh with the changes was really important with the with yes. the water temperature but i yes. also have stu- i have also have studied and make a study about 700 water birds in greater helsinki area so i have gather- gathered information that is valid and has a lot of insight to water birth such things as uh, tears uh, bleeding uh, the baby's uh, ph levels after water birth um, i actually went through 700 um, cdg like the baby's heart rate uh, wow. things to see how the babies were reacting to water birth and um, so that that gave us a well amount of uh, information about water birth and water birth safety in Finland exactly. And with can we find this study? Uh, can we find not, this study online? No, it's not online. No, okay. it's it's like my private property because it hasn't okay. gone through any school. So <laughs> it's uh, something that I go through in the trainings that I I I uh, have for midwives and doctors. Are you able and to I, share a little more on the findings from there? Like, uh, I am. I am. Some general uh, findings. Yes. Uh, um, uh.
Oh, right. So what I found out in uh, when I studied the birds, it, uh, there was plenty of things that I found out. Uh, the first uh, thing is, of course, that um, which is uh, in international studies uh, also that uh, second time mothers uh, are more like to, likely to end up li- delivering in water. So the procentual amount of uh, people been in the water who actually birthed in the water were uh, like second or third or fourth time mothers, so uh, not first time mothers. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, also uh, studied um, such things that uh, that um, the mothers were ninety five percent like perfectly satisfied with their birth, birth mm. which is really really important finding. I went through all their birth like uh, conversations after birth, how, how satisfied they were on a scale to zero to 10. And most of them were perfectly happy with their uh, birth experience, which I think is really important. Mm. Uh, but as well uh, as, uh, as it comes to tearing, uh, 50% didn't tear at all, like no stitches, yeah. and 90% only tear like, couple of stitches like mid yeah there, there was not hardly no severe tearing in water birds yeah it's, uh interesting as well uh, uh the babies uh had higher ph levels uh which the ph tells about the uh oxygen levels in their uh, uh blood stream um uh, that they were doing better than the babies on the land by the pH levels that we we took from the blood cord, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, mm, you said about the heart rate. Uh, also went through, uh, yeah, all the heart rates, and the heart rates were ninety percent perfect without no decelerations during the pushing stage because. In a water birth, you're not supposed to push really hard. It's not supposed to be a, like a athletic event where you push, push, push and hold your breath. You're supposed to follow your body. So uh, my uh, fi- findings in that were that the babies were doing better when the mothers were not pushing, uh, like coach, coached pushing and really hard pushing uh, instead of following uh, their own bodies. So that was interesting now, as well. Now that you say that, I had an interesting thought. What do you think is the correlation of that to just the fact that perhaps none of them had epidural? If, am I right? Because I know that to be in the water, you let's say that if you have an epidural, you're going to be advised not to go into the water. So I suppose that all of these 700 water births were non-epidural births. That's true as well so it might have something to do with that and also might have something to do with the other guidelines uh, which do keep uh water birth safe so in in that way we do have the in a way best possible group of birthing women in the pool birthing in the pool so the results as well are really correlated with that yeah yeah no, but the, I mean, of course, that's important uh, to say because, it, yeah, I mean, the, the the heartbeat also changes because of an epidural, <laughs> and the ability to 
push without coached pushing and to be more attuned to your body and to be in more physiological positions and are all also correlated to not having had an epidural. So I just yeah, that. I think and, it's and, important and, and, to mention. And also uh, with an epidural, uh, uh, usually comes oxytocin uh, together with that. Uh, or Artificial least, oxytocin. Yes, so yeah. so that also affects the baby's heart rates as well. So yeah, so that's yeah. important to know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, those are interesting interesting results. Anything else on that, or maybe we can move to talk about the training that you give. You were mentioning also in the beginning, you train hospital midwives around water birth, and I'm curious to hear more on why you feel like that training is important and what impact you've seen it having in the hospitals around Helsinki area? Yes, I've trained midwives and doctors around Finland from north to south, so I've okay. seen it affect the whole <laughs> country. Uh, I've been to Oulu and been to up north and uh, to the all sides of Finland, uh, training midwives and doctors. So uh, I think that the effects of training in like what's the most important thing is that now the water birth is allowed in most Finnish hospitals and 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 it's seen as a safe way uh, and midwives are excited so that's the most important uh thing that we have achieved by training mm-hmm. midwives uh the be- beginning uh I think uh I in the beginning I think the fear about water birth and the feelings, the mixed feelings among midwives and doctors about water birth was a lack of knowledge. So I think the fear comes from lack of knowledge uh, as it usually actually does. Uh, Yeah. I was just going (laughs) to add. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So uh, by adding, adding the knowledge to midwives, uh, and the old guidelines, they had so many rules and restrictions and things that midwives did felt unsure in the way that uh, made them fear in in that sense that um, you were not supposed to touch the baby or otherwise the baby would start breathing or or if, if you touch the baby's head, it might do this and that or you're not supposed to help the shoulders of the baby. And that made them fearful and that's mm-hmm. kind of like uh one one wants to stay in their comfort zone like yeah. if, if if you're doing when when you're doing birds and you you want to have it safe so of course i understand that it one one wants to stay in a comfort zone where not having everything to be done differently and that's uh, one thing that i did try to take away in my trainings like I I think that the old guidelines made it seem like it's it's scary for them (laughs) and it's too different for them and I have uh, the baby cannot start breathing underwater no matter what you do I've studied (laughs) the physics of water births and that's just impossible to happen so yeah. uh, training I do, the main focus has been relieving the fear and making water birth more natural and uh, making making it more exciting for the professionals as well. Um, bringing up the good stuff in it, like the good points and 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 for also after they start practice, practicing, they can see how satisfied the mothers are with their birth experience. It's so important. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, also like making the midwives uh, with the uh, with the training I do is making them feel comfortable and able to do their work just as they, they have done it otherwise. But also like it's important to make them feel it's safe and it's uh, really very important as well to the water birth to have the guidelines and also teach about non-interference in the water birth uh, as well but also letting them know that everything is allowed and that that gives you the confidence to do it and maybe then not to interfere that much later on yeah so if everything is fine with the mother and the baby there's no need to do any interventions yeah 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 can you say a little more about this non-interference in the water birth well what do you basic- mean by that the basically uh, knowing that the water does support the perineum, the water uh, does give uh, uh, like support to the head when the head is born. You you don't have to touch. Of course, if it make, makes the midwife feel more comfortable with the situation, that can be done. But there is no need to, for example, support the perineum in water birth because the water does so many things as itself it does give mm-hmm. support and pressure and it's actually measured that it gives a certain amount of pressure to the skin when you are in the water so in uh, in water birth uh, the woman is supposed to follow their to keep it safe uh, the woman is supposed to follow their own body cues with pushing uh, follow their own natural instincts uh, and move according to what they want and we're not supposed to be coaching pushing on the side as a midwife we're supposed to give it time we're supposed to give the woman time to birth as the body would otherwise and and it it will do that Uh, we don't need any help with that in most cases Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i feel like also the fact of being in the water and sort of having those walls of the pool is kind of in a way protecting the the birthing person and the the, the woman from having these hands touching <laughs> it almost helps to make it less interventful <laughs> but there's more interventions <laughs> i think i just created a word interventful yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But that's true. Do you it, see that as well? Yeah. Yeah, you're like in a cuckoo, like inside the pool, and the and the walls are sort of your protection from yeah. many things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the positions you are in there are positions that are less classically ideal for a midwife or doctor to to sort of examine you, or it can be harder for for that person. So it it does maybe encourage more just by the way it's set up. It encourages um, more physiological, less interventionful births. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. I think so too. I think yeah. like like it happens naturally in that sort yeah. of environment. So that's yeah. kind of nice as well. And for sure our environment, the way the environment is set up, definitely impacts how we function and behave in that environment like we've said on this podcast a few times when you enter a birthing space that has a bed you go and you sit on the bed because you you know it's 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 kind of 
how humans work. We use the space in the way it's designed. Um, and that's why it's so important to think of how we design spaces. And that's why interior designers <laughs> do their job. Yes. <laughs> um, so for this pool thing, it's, it's exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, in terms of, of this training and, and where people can find water birth possibilities, are there now a birthing pools in all of the hospitals in Finland or at least in the greater Helsinki metropolitan area? And how does that work? Like as a person who's interested in giving birth and the water and I'm pregnant and I'm getting ready to go into the hospital, what should I do to help me kind of increase my chances because there isn't a pool for every room or is there? No, but like the smaller hospitals, the, every single hospital in Finland now has a pool. So that's for sure. Uh, okay. So don't think there is any hospital in Finland that doesn't have a pool uh, and a birthing uh, possibility in pool uh, in whole of Finland which is really something uh, because this hasn't been this way four years ago. So it mm-hmm. all has happened in last five years. That's uh, great. Uh, but uh, uh, just to prepare for natural birth is the way to go, I think. But I think in the smaller hospitals, uh, the pools are really um, rarely taken. Uh And in in Crater Helsinki area, also like if you wait for a little while, you usually do get a pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, for example, Espo Hospital does have um, inflatable pools that can be taken to every single room. So, okay. I think that's uh, one way to uh, increase the chance to have it uh, to have something that is uh, they are able to move from a place to a place. Yeah. So it's not like uh, something that is set up in the room. So yeah, yeah. And they have increased the amount of uh, pools, and they have done a lot of renovations for water birth and the pool rooms around Finland. So mm-hmm. I've, I, I know there's really nice pool rooms all around Finland. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so for example, from things I have heard from some birth doulas of of my colleagues, like at the nest, for example, when yes. you are in labor and getting ready to go to the hospital, they advise to just call up before you go, check that there's space. And then even then on the phone, just to mention that, hey, I'm interested in birthing in the water so that they know about it in advance. Do you find that also to be important or helpful to? I, I find it helpful. And, yeah. and, and especially if you are in a crater Helsinki area where there is a possibility that you can You can travel to another hospital where the pool is available. For example, if if the pool is not available at the women's hospital, you might want to drive to uh, Espo Hospital. Like in a in a in a Crater Helsinki area, the situation is that it's smart to call in in upfront and ask. And yes. of course, of course, anywhere, because then you get to know that it's it's they are all taken or. Yeah. Or they, that uh, it might be free later, or you know, you can think about your choices then. So yeah, the, yeah. And also yeah. to let know, maybe, maybe uh, it uh, uh, in, increases the chance to get a midwife who is interested in water birth because they right. uh, you let them know on the phone that you are interested in that. So um, it's unlikely that they will send a midwife who is not. 
really into it or uh, not interested in it, in it. So I think it's a smart idea to say it up front. So yeah, yeah, yeah. great. Um, we talked a little bit about the benefits of the water birth for the mom and the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any risks as well, or do you want to add more benefits before the risks? And then should we also talk about the risks? Well, maybe maybe just go through like the most important things that are, that are the benefits of water birth. Uh, yeah, let's do uh, that. Like 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 when the water supports you, like we know in in any any kind of like trauma we might have, like uh, we broke our knee or we we did something and we need to uh, make it better, then the water does uh, give you a possibility to have more movement, so the mo- mother can find a. Uh, in a birth, mother can find a, a good position, uh, and the water keeps keeps you floating, and and that that's that kind of stuff. And there's also studies that the water actually makes the birth go faster. So, uh, and this is not compared to the epidural group. This is compared to land land birth without no epidural. Uh, it lowers blood blood pressure. And, and does feel you that you have more control, so the women are more satisfied with it. Uh, also works as a major pain relief. In a certain point of birth, if you're willing to try the pool as a pain relief, it might work as well as epidural. When you, like, sunk yourself into the warm water and you relax and you're like, yes. oh, this feels so good. And yeah. right before that, you might feel that I do need the epidural. I'm I'm so in, so much in pain or <laughs> agony, and and then you, when you are willing to try the water, you feel that okay, I got the relief that I needed. Didn't yeah. need the epidural, so that's interested. And also relaxes, saves energy, and what I said earlier, it does actually give more blood flow to the uterus and to the placenta. So uh, if the water is below your body temperature, the blood flows into the uterus area. And that makes the baby feel better because there's a lot more blood going in there. Yeah. Uh, and so Oxygen. That's, yeah, that's oxygen. And then the baby's feeling better and so on. So, And also uh, uh, women that uh, do use water in birth, uh, even if they don't birth in water, uh, it uh, lessens the risk to have uh, like tears or yes. need need for an episiotomy and that sort of stuff. Yes. But also uh, what I found most important about the benefits is that the hormones, the stress hormones, the non-adrenaline and, 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 and like the negative stress hormones, they are reduced and the endorphins are like woken up uh, uh, mm. with... And 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 the like the hormone balance goes to the way where it actually makes the birth faster. So. Yeah, was that compared to the land births without epidural? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there actually is no risks with water birth if the guidelines are followed. Mm-hmm. So if if we uh, follow follow the safe guidelines of water birth. There actually isn't any risks that I could name. Uh, like the baby cannot breathe underwater. The placenta actually oxygenates the baby underwater, and the baby actually is born when you actually lift the baby to yeah. the air. 
So you need the certain kind of pressure of carbon dioxide and oxygen to baby to start even breathing. So so there by studies and and there's a lot of big foreign studies about water birth. Water birth is perfectly safe and, and doesn't have any risks for a low risk mother in a way. Yeah. 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 So let's talk about these guidelines. <laughs> what are those guidelines for keeping it safe to yes. make sure that there are no risks as you mentioned? Yeah. Yeah, in the opening stage, uh, there's two different guidelines. There's uh, like guidelines to use water as a pain relief, and then there's guidelines to birth in water. And uh, they are separate because of certain things, uh, like, for example, breaches. You can't go to the water as a pain relief, but you cannot infant deliver a breech baby in water but i'll go to that those details later but there's two different guidelines in just to make a notice that like breech babies and gemini's and big babies they can use water as a pain relief but not actually birth in water so there's two different guidelines on that Okay. But on in an opening state, like when when the the cervix is opening and when the birth is active, it's okay to stay in water. It doesn't matter if your water has broken or not. Uh, doesn't matter how many hours is from uh, your water breaking, uh, as long as they can uh, follow the fetal heart rate uh, at times or if if it's needed consistently. Uh, so. The hospital always should have machinery that works in water as well. Mm-hmm. And what's most important for a midwife is to assess the whole situation. So uh, in a way, it is in the hand of a specific midwife. Uh, are you allowed to birth in water or not? Because the whole situation has to be evaluated. It is not a contraindication for water birth uh, if you are inducted, for example. But if there is any other risks, then it's smart to think that is it allowed or not. So, so for example, if you get, your birth gets inducted, it's not that you're not able to birth in water automatically. If everything else is okay, it is totally possible. But So what do we see that is an indication that something is not going well? The baby's heartbeat, I suppose? The baby's heartbeat, or 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 something in the mother's well-being, because there's a lot of reasons that inductions are done. If there's something with the mother's well-being, the the yeah. fetal felt uh, well-being, uh, uh, that sort of stuff, and also if there's a lot of IVs needed, that might be a contraindication to birthing in the water, but you might be able to go to the water at some stage if you ask yeah. that and so on. So always, uh, always, uh, what if one would want to use water in a birth or birth in water should ask, ask if it's possible at yes. any stage. So that's important as well. But uh, for example, previous C-section or pleading uh, a lot in a previous birth or having a third degree tear in a, a previous birth, 
they are not contraindications for water birth. But again, we come to the that we have to assess the whole situation. That what's the reason for the bleeding? What's the reason for the tears? Yes. Uh, what's the reason for the C-section? And and then do the decision uh, if the mother can birth in water. But what's written down about uh, the uh, like the rules about water birth or the guidelines guidelines uh, of using water is that the pregnancy has to be over 37 weeks so it has to be full-term pregnancy but also at 36 weeks i would advise if you want to use water as pain relief i think uh, the doctors will allow it if it's 36 weeks but if we Mm -hmm. go to you know 34 weeks then maybe not so yeah uh, if if the mother has infection or or fever, that's a reason to not to go to water. It actually makes the situation worse. Yeah. Uh, uh, for the baby and for the mother. But if you have a strep tococ B G B S and yes. it's positive, which is a, a normal bacteria for women, but might uh, uh, might influence the baby having infection. Uh, that's not a contraindication uh, to go into the water. So mm-hmm. uh, they can give the antibiotics uh, every four hours and you can still birth in water. So uh, mm-hmm. it's not a contraindication. Yeah. Well, uh, a preeclampsia is, is, is a contraindication to go into water yes. and, and safety guideline. Of course, uh, of course, if the baby is not doing okay and it's, uh, having fetal heart deceleration, how do you say that? Uh, Distress, heart- deceleration. Yeah, 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 in, in, in the, uh, that's a reason not to birth in the water. Uh, a lot of bl- uh, blood coming out, like bloody bleeding, like bleeding is uh, one, one thing. Um, if you have an acute uh, herpes infection, that's uh, a, a special no because that's the actually the only virus or infection that i found out that actually spreads through warm water really actively (laughs) so we don't want the baby to have it so Mm, yeah Uh, it's safer to stay on the ground in that case uh then there's epilepsy that has uh, the the person has had seizures recently or during the pregnancy Mm-hmm. If, it, if if one hasn't had a seizure for 10 years, that's not a contraindication. But like yeah. if it does come on often, then that's a contraindication. Yes. Uh, then there is epidurals, of course, and spinals. If we go into the spinal space or epidural space, we have an infection way open. Uh, that's uh, not okay. And also it doesn't doesn't make the water birth safe anyways at, at that stage anymore. And uh, yeah. also, also if you have had uh, 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 such pain relief as um, like morphine, um, like uh, intramuscular medicines, you have to wait for a certain amount of time to go to the pool. Uh, and that's just uh, because the baby cannot be under influence of the drug that is given to the mother and be born in the water so 
What are some of those um, medicines known as? As Oxynorm and uh, Oxanest uh, uh, that are mainly Oxycontin that is used in uh, labor rooms. But that's not the gas and air. No, no, no. You can use gas and air. No, something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. But then for uh, birthing in the water, uh, and these uh, people can be in the water for like the active labor part, but not the pushing stage or the baby coming out is if, if there is uh, problems with the uh, fetus growing, if the, uh, the baby is too small for the gestational age, uh, mm-hmm. if, if there has been a previous problems with helping the baby, sh- baby's shoulders, uh, if the baby is known to be or, or known, how how can you know? That's one question. But like, if the baby is assessed to be over four and a half kilos, mm-hmm. uh, if it's uh, uh, a Gemini pregnancy, breech pregnancy, or or if there is changes in the mother's well being or the fetal well being during the birth. So I'm so. not familiar with Gemini pregnancy. What does that refer to? Uh, like twins. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, twins can be born in the water. Yeah, seen it happen in the home birth videos, but <laughs> not in a <laughs> hospital here. Yeah. Okay. Was there something else? No. Okay. Nice. That's about right. it. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, uh, <laughs> if we follow that, then uh, as you said earlier, there are no known risks. <laughs> but yeah. um. Yeah, those are good. So these are the the guidelines that are being taught and which the hospitals are now following. And um, they are, what I like about it is that you took a new look at it and you updated it and you looked at research and evidence and and you're helping people overcome, as you said, the fear of just the unknown of dealing with something like that. And making people feel more comfortable in in approaching this this way of birthing as well yes yeah yeah and we talked a little bit about the pharmaceutical pain relief options and combining that with with birthing in water so is there something else you want to add about this like if you take epidural then it needs to be done after labor or or after the pool or you cannot go into the pool with the epidural or is there something else to say about this yeah but like like if you need early set, like for example, for a latent phase, if you need like pain medicine, uh, injectable like intramuscular medicine. After that, if you wait for two or three hours, you can enter the yes. pool. Uh, you can use the air and gas in the pool. In most places, they have it set up so you can stay in the pool and and yes. and, and take it through a mask in the pool. Uh, also, uh, in many of the hospitals, um, they have followed uh, the new guidelines that you can have a, a paracervical uh, anest- local anesthesia and pudendal um, anesthesia and then enter the pool again okay. uh, if the fetal heart rate can be like followed. So that's one thing that is new. And as you said Often when women are feeling like they need the epidural and they go into the water, then 
that desire or that that thought maybe goes away because it's such a relief. So that's also important to to maybe encourage people to consider that in those moments where you feel like it's too much, the water can really be a, a very effective form of, of pain relief. Yes, and it's about it is about encouraging, as I see it as a midwife. It's about how we encourage people to try different things because it might be weird what helps us. Like it might be that it didn't help your best friend, but it might help you like perfectly. So, yeah. so encouraging people to try because there's nothing to lose by trying uh, is important as well. So I think it's part of. Uh, The reason why I have been attended and why I I have attended about 300 water births is that uh, I encourage people to go in there, even though it mm. might be too late or 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 like it's all about the attitude how you mm. how you how you make people feel feel about the options that they have. So it's important to as a birthing woman to try things. Because yeah. they might be perfect for you. Hmm. You don't know until like, you've tried. <laughs> and they might help you and you might not need anything else but the pool. So, Yeah. What would you say the difference is between immersing yourself in the pool versus like taking a shower? Well, most likely the shower will be hotter and will be towards one place. and doesn't have the... There's a word in English for that, but I don't know how to say it. But the, like the way the water carries you, and yeah. and the hormonal things. So the the shower might be really really good for somebody, and and is a good way to relieve the pain for most people. But it's totally different as a pain relief right. as as the pool is. The yeah. pool, it, even though they both water and the same kind of element. Uh, the effects of the uh, pool is totally different than the yeah. shower. Yeah. Speaking of that gravity <laughs> aspect. <laughs> yes, yes. For example, yeah. it takes away the weight and can really relax your muscles in that, I think, more than in, in the shower. But then again, in the shower, you can take the the birthing ball and you can sit on there and you can... So as you said, they're just two different tools which can be used in and two different ways. And you can combine tho those yeah. as well. You can be in the pool and then you can hop to the shower and and yeah, you can I remember marry. doing that. <laughs> I remember <laughs> doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it worked really well for me. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, is there anything else you want to add or feel like you wanted to say but haven't said yet? <laughs> Not really. Yeah. Okay. No, I just think water birth is wonderful and it's a way like make feel women feel empowered and make them feel like they birthed it on their own and that's how we all should feel like yeah not maybe not that somebody took care of our birth that the midwife delivered the baby like a pizza that the woman actually birthed the baby by themselves and that's how water birth is it's just wonderful way of pain relief and it's a wonderful way of birthing uh it's not for everybody but uh it should be available for anybody who wants it yeah yeah absolutely okay thank you yeah that finding is really really powerful so it's uh 
it helps to birth a strong mother <laughs> who is uh, confident and, and satisfied with the birth experience, which, as you said, is so important. So I love that finding as well. Great. Well, I just want to thank you for coming to the show to talk about this and letting people know what is available here in Finland and the work that you've done um, to make it more accessible and to make or help midwives feel more comfortable in facilitating water births and understanding it better so they're less afraid and so more of us can have access to it um, more easily. So a big thank you. Um, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, 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 yes. It's a pleasure. All right. See you next time. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode and welcome back next week. Just before you go, I want to ask you a question. Do you want postpartum support from people around you but struggle with asking for help? Do you feel awkward to have this kind of conversation? Are you not really sure what to say? I've got you covered, and I've created just the guide for you. It's a word-for-word -word script that will help you feel confident to have this hard conversation. You will also receive the three crucial elements for a request for help, which will turn it from a nice idea into a reality. Until now, this script has been used only by my clients, and this will be the first time that it is offered for free. It's your chance to receive a great tool which has guided many of my clients in overcoming their fear of asking for help and allowed them to build their village. Do you want the guide that will help you build yours? You can download it now by visiting motherstransition.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Birthing in Finland podcast. To get the show notes for this episode, go to doulacollective.fi forward slash birthing in Finland. If you enjoyed the episode, go ahead and share this with someone who you think needs to hear it. A friend, a colleague, a neighbor. Help us get the word out so that more families can start enjoying these conversations. See you next time when I introduce you to another amazing person supporting families just like yours.